here's a message from Ken Lavica. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. Quarterback is the most uh, important position in the NFL. And when your quarterbacks are screwing up in the playoffs, what do you do? Stone the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Oh, man. Not to sound like Stephen A., but only the Dallas Cowboys lose in the way that the Dallas Cowboys did on Sunday. Ken LaVica live, a Tuesday edition, yet we're starting the week here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker because it's Tuesday Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, who, uh, despite the MLK Day holiday yesterday, still had to work on the TV side, but you did good work. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's, and you know what? It's fun because when you love your work, right, what do they say? Like, it's still work, but you enjoy it or something sure, like that? Sure. Yeah. That does not sound like a wise <laughs> saying, but yes, I think you're probably on the right track. Uh, Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights, running things until 2 o'clock in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the frigid. I mean, cold. I mean, uncomfortable. Intracoastal. This weekend was highly entertaining. And uh, many times, Theo, for the wrong reasons. There's entertaining in a, wow, that was amazing. Like, it, I, I'm sure that the first time that uh, people walked in and saw what Michelangelo did on the ceiling of the Vatican, they said, wow. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is in Italian, but uh, we can just imagine. And <laughs> it, it was, to them, that was entertaining. That was incredible. Then there's, wow, that was entertaining because it was such a train wreck. And that's what we saw several times mm-hmm. over this NFL wildcard weekend. Here's the best thing. I, I was very distraught, actually, that we were not going to have a show yesterday. But the best part about this now, kicking this off on a Tuesday, is that we can take all of the last three days and figure out where the biggest gaffe was during wildcard weekend because there were a lot of them. And for me, I don't think that anything tops what happened at Jerry World on Sunday night. You have the Cowboys who, if you look at the reactions of their fans. CBS did an outstanding job of the reactions, <laughs> getting reactions from their fans, including a woman who was bawling uncontrollably, just sobbing, just burying her soul for all to see for like the final, not just 30 seconds of that game, but for like the final six minutes right. of that game. I have to think there was some alcohol involved in that. Alcohol and maybe even money, because who loves their team that much to cry that long? Alcohol and money, yes. That is a bad combination. (laughs) Uh, But somehow, the 49ers, through sheer incompetence, including a false start on a fourth and inches that would have ended the game, give the Cowboys the ball back. With no timeouts, having to go damn near the length of the field to score a touchdown in order to win, and it seemed like... For a moment, the Cowboys were actually destined to do that. And then, with 14 seconds left and no timeouts, after the 49ers 
end up shuffling their defense to both sidelines, leaving the middle of the field open from right around midfield. This is what the Cowboys did. This, Jim Nance, Antonio Romo, and Dak Prescott with the bonehead decision of all bonehead decisions. The game's over as they keep in bounds. Dak has to get this out of bounds or he's taking a shot to the end zone. This is scary because I would take a shot to the end zone here when they're in the sideline defense because you actually can hold on to the ball. You need someone, San Francisco, to get to the quarterback here. Prescott takes off running the football. Whoa, I don't think this is going to work out. Well, they'll be on the clock as they were playing for it. Oh, my gosh. And the official gets in the way. The game's over. The game is over. Oh, he did. Tony Romo freak out. Oh, they're going to look at this. It's it's going to be over because the umpire has to touch the ball. Of course, that's ridiculous for a game to end like that, Joe. Wow, I am livid if I'm a Cowboy fan. Yes, if I'm a Niners that's the fan. end of the game. The game is over. <laughs> I love that. And San Francisco oh, man. survives and advances. Oh, man. Every part of that. It was risky. They had time. Dak's supposed to go, but you're not supposed to go past 10 yep. or 12 yards. Once you get into that... 13-14, the clock runs and gets away from you on something like this happens. And that is why Tony Romo explained it perfectly at the end there. Dak Prescott, in the midst of the Cowboys trying to be super smart and outthink San Francisco, end up with the biggest gaffe of the weekend. Dak Prescott, who, by the way, for the record, tried to blame the officials after the game for the Dallas outcome, for them being bounced from the playoffs in the wild card. No, Dak, bro. That's on you, man. There were 14 seconds left. You decided to take off, and you got greedy. You decided to get five extra yards when if you would have gone down two seconds sooner, you would have had a final play and a shot at the end zone. It's not the official's fault. Oh, he he ran into Dak. He almost knocked Dak over. That's not The official was trying to save Dak's backside. He was trying to save Dak's season. He's saying, bro, get out of the way so I can touch the ball (laughs) per the rule book so you can actually spike the ball. Dak screwed up. That's a veteran quarterback. And a veteran quarterback for that team in that situation with that much on the line, that's just boneheaded nonsense. And the only person that Dak Prescott has to blame is Dak Prescott. That, to me, is the biggest gaffe of the weekend in what was a myriad of stupidity in the final four minutes of that game, including Cedric Wilson, who's who gets let off the hook with what should have been an easy by NFL receiver standards yeah. fourth down conversion. All he had to do was catch the ball like a punt and ended up falling over and face planting on the turf as the ball hit the ground. Incomplete. Dak Prescott, that decision, him not knowing how long it was going to actually take to get set to spike the football, that's on him. That's the biggest gaffe of the weekend. That was bad. It was very ugly, and also it was almost like it almost was like a movie ending that you knew it was going to end this oh, way. Oh, yeah, like, you knew that was coming. Yeah. All the plot had led up to what you <laughs> knew the eventual end was going to be. The Cowboys, are, I think it's in the rule book. I think back when the NFL was created, the Cowboys, somewhere in the fine print, are only allowed to lose in dramatic, spectacular fashion. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the only way to do it. Tony Romo knows this firsthand. Uh-huh. I mean, he's had his gaffe or two with the Cowboys in yeah. the playoffs. I Can't remember. get the, the, the ball down. Yeah. The Des Bryant catch that wasn't a catch. Oh, uh, yeah, the Cowboys flame out in the most spectacular fashion. This was far and away the dumbest. That was dumb. Tony Romo, 
It's raining. It's Seattle. He lost control of the ball. It's unfortunate. Des Bryant, that was definitely was a, catch a catch at Lambeau. Uh, they should have won that game against the Packers. This, this was, you're rolled out a red carpet, okay? You're rolled out a red carpet. And you say, hey, here's your ticket to the Oscars. Here you go. You walk down the red carpet, and then your dress shoe gets caught in the carpet, and you break your ankle, and you don't actually go into the Oscars. That's the equivalent of what happened with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. It was there for them. They were going to have like a 35-yard shot at the end zone. That's not even a Hail Mary in that spot. That's like a let's run a real big boy play and try and win this game. And instead, he slides, and then he's going to blame the officials the official who was trying to run up on him to touch the football. That's just bad, bad football all yeah. the way around. And the official who was looking out for him, literally, like the, the official hustled. He mm-hmm. hauled tail to get up there to yeah. try and get. And, and the, the dude's like a senior citizen, and that dude's flying. Yeah, he, he might have been a Cowboys fan. You know, I like mean, the he way was he was trying to get that booking. ball set. He was trying <laughs> to save Dak. Yeah. The only reason Dak got the ball with zeros on the clock for only like a second and a half is because that official yeah. ran up on him. That, to me, that's the unequivocal, no doubt, biggest gaffe of wild card weekend. What do you got, Theo? Well, mine comes, and, and the weird part about wild card weekend now is it just feels so long, like time is Because almost, it is long. It's so, they, they're calling it super wild card weekend, and it's because, yeah, six games, three days, yeah, like. Because it's super long. Yeah, it's super long. Mine happened in the early slate, so people might have forgot about this moment because it got so overshadowed yeah. by the Cowboys. First game of super wild card weekend. Yeah, like Bengals Raiders, and. The Raiders, I think Derek Carr crept into this one with um, the benefit of people giving him, you know, the Raiders weren't supposed to be there in they the were first sort of, place. They got into a feel-good story. Yeah, like everybody's giving them all the excuses of why, like it's amazing that they even showed up to the playoffs or mm-hmm. whatever. On that fourth quarter drive, the Raiders are down by seven. They need a score to tie it up. Derek Carr, inexplicably, inexplicably, excuse me, easy for me to say, throws the ball in the triple coverage. Yeah. To Zay Jones up the he's going up the seam where you have Hunter Renfro running in the flat to the left side. I don't know why. That's one of your best targets, right? But you have him running in the flat. Darren Waller's running like an out and go. Who he might have been open because it looked like Zay Jones's route was to free up Darren Waller. Yeah. No pressure in Carr's face. The the pocket was clean. The Bengals only sent four. He hauls it in the triple coverage. Almost as if that was his only he read. He threw it to the decoy. Yeah, like he threw it to the decoy before he even gave Darren Waller one of the best weapons in all of the NFL a chance to get open. And it looked like he would have been open right along the pylon. He throws it into triple coverage. And it was – I thought the, the the fact that he spiked the ball on first and goal was, was bad. But that throw, that like anticipation throw that he threw to Zay Jones in the triple coverage, I'm not sure what he was thinking there. Let's hear it from Mike Tirico on NBC. Derek Carr, fourth down, final play of the game, throwing to what appeared to be the decoy <laughs> with three defenders on him, and it's questionable if Zay Jones was even in the end zone. The season comes down to this in this Carr end zone. Intercepted! And I think Mike Tirico is being a little bit generous. Because, yes, the receiver started with both feet on the goal line. But as the ball approached, he was not in the end zone. He was at, like, the half-yard line. That ball never got into the end zone. Even if it was caught, that's not a touchdown. It would have been short. 
She threw it short of the end zone in triple coverage, needing a touchdown on the final play of the game. And it wasn't like it was a situation where, like, you know, on a third and goal, you have more time left. You're trying to get a quick throw out. It seemed like that's the mode that Derek Carr was in where he was yeah. like, I need to hurry up and get this a throw out. This is my one shot. Yeah. And maybe he thought he – I don't – I have no clue. But the fact that he went to Zay Jones and not a Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro, the fact that he threw the ball before he even – he didn't even give the play time to develop – and I think not enough was made of this because it was Super Wild Card Weekend and so much <laughs> BS happened yeah, after that. Yeah, so much ridiculousness yeah. happened after the fact. What was the biggest gaffe of Super Wild Card Weekend? What was the biggest gaffe? Was it Dak Prescott, quarterback sneak with 14 seconds left, sliding down with six seconds on the clock, waiting for an old man official to run up and touch the football, then getting mad when that official tried to bowl through him to actually get a hand on the football. Or is it maybe Derek Carr throwing into triple coverage, not even in the end zone, on the final play of the game when the Raiders needed a touchdown? Or was it something else? What was the biggest gaffe of Super NFL Wild Card Weekend? 888-760-3776. 888 888- 760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. And again, 888-760-3776. What was the biggest gaffe of NFL wildcard weekend? From a, a pure uh, a pantheon perspective of what this meant overall when, you, when our two gaffes, when you put them up against one another, it's difficult to fully gauge which one was a bigger gaffe, but I think the expectations that the Cowboys had exactly. and based on the expectations that the Cowboys have and because it was at home and you have the sobbing woman in the crowd and you have someone on Twitter uh, today described the other shot of the the couple, the the boyfriend and the girlfriend in the stands, his arms around her and she's got her, her hands to her mouth <laughs> up into his chest. Uh, someone on Twitter said that was the pose that people give when they watch their home burning down. Oh my God. Like that, that is absolutely... Absolutely spot on. And did you see the fed up black woman? Oh, yeah, yeah, The fed yeah. up black woman yeah. was like, I was like, man, I, I thought I was at my family reunion and I dropped the <laughs> eggs or something like. The fed up Theo black woman felt that was, in his soul. I was like, yo, I've oh, seen that man. look so many times. She was disappointed. <laughs> oh, man. But as far as gaffes are concerned, the, okay. So the dumber one might be Derek Carr. Yeah. The dumber one might be Derek Carr. But the Raiders get a little bit of a pass because... Well, if you look past Ruggs and you look past them <laughs> five weeks later playing a guy who had gotten a DUI 48 hours prior putting him on the field, the Raiders were a pretty feel-good story. Yeah, Gruden was out of the picture. Asaccia comes in, interim head coach. Uh, the players clearly appreciate him. They make a run at the end of the season. They get in. It's easy to gloss over the mistake that Carr made. Though in the moment, that's just dumb. Throwing in front of the goal line into triple coverage on the final play of the game is dumb. With no pressure in your face. None. He, it was, you're right. They only sent four, and he clean had a clear pop. pocket. Yeah, like he could have took like three more seconds. He could have even rolled out to the right to go try and at least give a toss-up mm-hmm. to Waller because yeah. I'll take my chances yeah, with that. Jump ball, something. Yeah. But a missile to the one? <laughs> it was That's so not weird. doing anything. It so and it's not like it was even an in route. He was planted there. Zay Jones was planted there. It was so weird. It was man. so dumb. But then, so I'll make the argument that Dak 
and the slide, or, or Dakia and the quarterback sneak, that actually is a fairly smart play. It could have been. It could have been, exactly. That's the operative word here. So the 49ers spread the defense to both sidelines because they're trying to protect another quick throw to the sideline, trying to force the Cowboys into exactly the trap that the Cowboys (laughs) fell into. Now, you would think that the trap they fell into would have been via the pass and something would have happened. But Dak then takes off, and there's nobody around him, so that's good. But then Dak, the veteran quarterback, got greedy. It turned into, it went from smart play to, oh no, oh no. And you could hear Tony Romo was having an aneurysm as this happened. I mean, he was shocked that it took Dak so long to get down. And as the time ticks down, and it's not like college where the clock stops after you get a first down, you're waiting for an average age of 67-year-old social security earning official to run up and touch the football. Uh Uh-uh. It's not it, It's not going to work. So it went from smart idea to super dumb execution. And so you definitely juggle both of those, which one ended up being the bigger gaffe. But for me, I just, I think with what was on the line for the Cowboys, they were the only favorite that lost this weekend. Yeah. They were the only favorite that lost this weekend. And I would argue they, had, they were the favorite with the most pressure. On them this weekend because of what they are. Because you're talking about the problem like Dak Prescott, his execution obviously was poor. But do you think they might have had a better chance? It's not like he has a weak arm. At just two throws at the end zone? Couldn't. He could have. You know, like I saw that argument as well, and I was like, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, they could have took two strikes into the end zone. Yeah. with the Especially with them spread out to the sideline. They like were at that. the 40, and I think that. <sighs> the run got him, what, to the 28 or so? Something like that, yeah. It's like, okay, so now you, now they're going to, instead of guarding the sideline, even if you do spike that ball, they're guarding the end zone now. Unless, yeah. unless Mike Zimmer is coaching them, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a good <laughs> job of guarding the end zone the right way. I, I would think, though, former high school and college quarterback uh, Friday Night Lights, Stone LeBanowitz, would agree that taking two shots from the 40, you have a better chance of taking one shot from the 30 as opposed to two shots from the 40. Okay. Um, so if he goes down at the 32, 31, 30, chances are you still have at least a second on the clock. You spike it, and uh, you're able to run a play. Take your one shot. I, just, I would take the one shot. I'm not saying that what you're, what you're proposing is wrong, and in retrospect, it sure as hell is a better, uh, a better, it's a better situation <laughs> than what the Cowboys actually found themselves in. Um, but I just, if you're, if you're Dak and you're going to do that, You've got to know the ramifications. You've got to know when to go down. And Dak's gotten a lot of the blame for this, but where's Kellen Moore? Where's Mike McCarthy on this, too, telling him, hey, by this time, you've got to get down? I don't think that discussion happened, and that's a problem, too. And Kellen Moore is some hot-shot head coaching candidate. After seeing that, I'd be calling and saying, hey, you know what, take that off the schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's bad. The, The Cowboys' offense was... Putrid on Sunday. And I'm not sure how much. So I, I wish I could, you know, only the people in that locker room on those sidelines could know who really to blame for that because I'm not sure how much it's on Kellen Moore or because Mike McCarthy, we know we have a big enough sample size. He is a poor decision maker in the heat of the moment. Like yeah. time management wise, I mean, throwing a challenge flag at the wrong time, calling time. He's always been a bad decision maker in the heat of the moment. So is it on Kellen Moore? Is it on Mike McCarthy? Who was supposed to relay that message to Dak Prescott? All we do know is there's no way Mike McCarthy can come back. 
Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Kellen Moore might still get his hot shot job somewhere. Somebody might be fooled into it. Or they might look up and get somebody who's really good because maybe Mike McCarthy was the reason why that didn't get – you know, like, I don't know who to place that blame on. But I do know Mike McCarthy got to go. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like it. And he's going to – whether it's fair or not, he's going to take on all of that blame because he, he has, has a reputation. To. And he's the head coach, too. And he, you're right. The reputation precedes him. But yeah. also, yeah, like, you're the head coach of this football team. You allowed that to happen. And all throughout the game, they had little gaffes and missteps. Oh, yeah. And yeah, all yeah. throughout the year, all of that talent you have, I mean, I don't know. I, again, I'm not a Cowboys they fan. They underperformed. They absolutely underperformed. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt me. I like to see Cowboys fans cry, but, you know. they. I mean, they, they hosted a playoff game, yet they still underperformed. This was not, this was not good enough. At the end of the season, yeah. uh, the loss especially to Arizona, and then in this game, they got run over. They had the, the, the tempo and the pace of the game dictated on their own field, and then they needed a miracle to even be in a situation to blame the officials for the game. They blame the officials for the game. They, they, they needed pretty much the planets to align. In the 49ers, and, and Shanahan's going to get a pass for this because of the outcome of the game, but the 49ers had a comedy of errors leading up to that. Oh, yeah. That really almost butchered the end of that game, which looked like a sure thing. What was the biggest gaffe of the NFL wildcard weekend? For me, Dak Prescott, not knowing when to go down on the QB sneak and the Cowboy season is over. Theo says Derek Carr throwing his one missile pass on the final play of the game to the one-yard line as opposed to going to the end zone. There was no pressure in his face and Carr losing the game for the Raiders. What was the biggest gaffe of the NFL wildcard weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And hey, Kyler Murray, don't act like you're not going to be involved in this conversation at some point as well. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, the title sponsor of Ken Levick Alive. Right now, you can sign up for classes, summer and fall semester, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. February 5th is the next virtual open house for the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This is your path to the sports industry. This is how you work in sports. This is how you make money in sports. This is how you get your dream job with an MBA in sport management from Florida Atlantic. Again, February 5th is the next virtual open house. Sign up fau.edu slash mba sport that's fau.edu slash mba sport and again they're now accepting applications for summer semester and fall semester 2022 uh tara quinn let me tell you her story she just started with the fau mba sport management program she was working part-time at img academy shortly after she got accepted to the fau mba sport management program promoted to a full-time event coordinator that's because employers see that these students are going to be taught so well and learn so much with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program that they end up getting into a situation where they're making money, where they're stable. And isn't that what we're looking for? And especially, why wouldn't you do that and you can work in sports? I know you're out there, and I know sports is a lot of your passions. This is how you do it. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash sport. 
What was the biggest gaffe of NFL wildcard weekend? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776 with Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program now accepting applications summer semester, fall semester 2022. Uh, 97.5 The Fan in Dallas, they had uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones' son on asking about Mike McCarthy, and I know, Theo, you say that Mike McCarthy's got to go, but... They say that they absolutely believe that Mike McCarthy will be back. So I don't think he's going to take the ultimate fall for this. And you know that Jerry Jones is inherently, at least in the the later stages of his life here, and Jason Garrett being the ultimate example, he is uh, extremely loyal to people that he feels uh, are, are able to fall in line are able to uh, listen to him and follow his lead. Mike McCarthy certainly seems like that type of person. So I don't think this is going to be a very quick hook for Mike McCarthy. I I really don't understand, for one, how it would be a quick hook. Also, number two, leading up to this game, all of the talk coming directly from Jerry Jones' mouth is, we have the talent, Mm -hmm. we have the roster, there's no excuse for us to lose. Okay, so then... Poor decision-making, either between your quarterback or your coach or your offensive coordinator, is the reason why you lost. And now you're going to say that you're going to keep this guy around? Like, uh, what? what's the real answer here then? Why did they lose? I mean, unfortunately, it's probably a mix of things. That isn't an, <laughs> a quick fix that Mike McCarthy firing him is going to solve all in one shot. But look at that offense, though. Like, how did they what, – what was the final tally they had? What, 17 or Let's something like here. that? I forget what the score was, but – Yeah, 17. 17 points. So, look at that offense. You have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. On the outside, you got Amari Cooper. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got uh, – what's number one uh, that dropped the – Mr. Cash? Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. Uh, you got a lot of talent. Like, one of the most talented offenses in all of the and NFL. And talent's never – been the issue I don't think yeah so how is it that with that talented of an offense they score 17 points and all of a sudden Mike McCarthy is here to stay and not only that the offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is the hot shot new head coaching candidate for everybody like so what is it then does Dak Prescott suck does is Amari Cooper no longer a good NFL player like what well, it's got to be one of the two. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Kellen Moore's prospects that was so uninspiring on Sunday, I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Dak Prescott, 23 of 43, 254, a touchdown and an interception, only averaged 5.9 yards per attempt. I mean, that's low. That's low. He, and the 49ers defense is tough, but man, he was forced to, he was sacked five times in that game. Yeah. Five times in that game. That's a pretty lackluster performance when you're putting up 254 after throwing 43 times. That's not getting it done. It's terrible. It's really not good, but it looks like Mike McCarthy is going to stay. We've been talking the biggest 
NFL wildcard gaffes. For me, Dak not knowing when to go down and allowing the clock to run out, ending the Cowboys season. Then Dak going uh, weasel mode and blaming the officials. That was lame. That's really lame. That's not the – for me, these are just my football sensibilities, and I'm a dope, so who knows. But when my quarterback, my big money quarterback before the season – He's talking about when asked whether or not he's vaccinated. Uh, that's a HIPAA violation. He doesn't know what HIPAA is. It's not a HIPAA violation. He's, he's That's dumb. Not taking any accountability for that. And then after they lose, his immediate reaction is going to be, it's on the officials. No, dude. No. No. Like That reeks of someone who actually didn't know the rule about the umpire having to come up and set the football before a play can be run. Yeah. Dak, that's on you, man. That's on you. You have nobody else to blame. Me, again, my dopey football sensibilities, I don't like that from a guy who's supposed to be the face of the franchise, who got his money, who has had a questionable season as it is at that podium. That's a bad look on that dude. A bad look on that dude. It's a terrible look, and it's it's weird. The NFC East has this weird um, – love affair with these QB sneak plays in times when you probably should not run it. Uh, shout out <laughs> yeah, to the New York yeah. Giants. What's up, Giants? Hey, Joe Judge, I see you. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. For me, for my money, Dak Prescott, for one, you, you're right. You want him to be a little more accountable. He's a superstar quarterback being paid, what, $40 million yeah. a year at And he's not a bad quarterback, yeah. but that's a bad look. You got to just be more accountable. That was on me. I should have gotten down earlier. We could have got a spike off, got one last play. And who, who knows what happens at that point? You probably throw an interception like, like uh, Derek Carr did, but at least you give your guys a shot. Yeah. So go down too late and not give your guys a shot at winning. It's on you. Uh, Theo was not a fan of Derek Carr. At all. Throwing into triple coverage with what appeared to be the one-yard line with the the Raiders needing a touchdown on the final play against the Bengals. It got picked off. Not a good decision. Theo thinks that's the biggest gaffe of the weekend. What was your NFL wildcard weekend biggest gaffe? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. On Twitter at ESPN West Palm. And again, 888-760-3776. I need to have an important conversation, too, about going back to the Cowboys game. Devo Samuel thought he had a first down that would have been able to wind down the clock. And it took us forever to actually get a ball placement. They reviewed it, determined that it was going to be moved six inches back from where they initially marked it, which would have been a first down. Uh, That led to a series of measurements on the field. (laughs) How? And Josh Cohen was talking about this. Josh Cohen, the home team, 4 o'clock every day here on ESPN 106.3. How is a billion-dollar industry like the NFL still reliant on placing little tiny tarps on the sideline to determine where a first down is Men who are collecting Social Security holding chains also now hold the seasons of football teams in their hand. And you're depending on these old men to walk in a perfectly straight line in order to measure for first downs with seasons on the lane line. How, how is the billion-dollar NFL not put damn lasers on the field? How difficult is this? In soccer in Europe, you have lasers at the goal mouth to determine whether, and a fun little animation to determine whether or not the soccer ball has gone completely across the goal line. In tennis, 
Some of the most exciting parts of Grand Slam tennis are when they have the replay off of the review where the little tennis ball hits down, animated. You see a little shadow. If it's on the line, it's in. If it's not on the line, it's out. That's fun. That's good. The crowd claps. Everybody's having a good time. In the NFL, billion-dollar industry, Billions upon billions, and they are spreading to all sorts of different countries now. It's an empire, a North American sport empire. Yet here we go with the equivalent of Mr. Burns on the sideline, and you're depending on him to properly measure 10 yards. It, it, it is pretty whack. It is pretty outdated. And I think it's going to take one of those things like for it to happen in a Super Bowl or a, a championship game where they're going to do the whole rule change thing afterwards. Like, you know how they tried to instill the the, the DPI or the reviewing yeah. pass interferences after the Saints-Rams game? Like, maybe it's going to take one of those moments where we got Stephen A. talking about that instead of chocolate cake on first take. Yeah, that is weird. Why are they talking about chocolate I don't, cake? I, I still am perplexed. I'm going to Google it later because... I don't know. Now people on Twitter are debating chocolate. Anything Stephen A. talks about, everybody has it to talk about It becomes gospel. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he, he is the man who turns the, uh, the social media needle. Yeah. That is for sure. I just, in the NFL, there's so much money involved. You can't come up with a better system. Put lasers on the ground. Yeah. I mean, come on. We don't need <laughs> retired former factory workers on the sideline using chains anymore. It's 2022 for Christ's sake. Uh, another big gaffe happened in that Cincinnati game and what Raiders fans are going to argue with you, Theo, is that uh, the Raiders got jobbed early in this one with the Bengals touchdown. And so we're going to listen. This is the TV call. This is NBC, Mike Tirico, Joe Burrow, who's retreating to the sideline, throwing to the back of the end zone, touchdown catch for the Bengals. Listen closely to what you hear before the reception. This is from NBC on Saturday. Five of the pattern, Burrow. Tries to keep it alive, scrambles. Throws it back to the end zone, but was he out of bounds first or is it a touchdown? I think he was out of bounds. They're discussing it. Caught in the back by Boyd. Conversation on the sideline here for the moment. No signal yet. Jerome Boger, the referee, is over here on the sideline. As they are in conversation, was he out when he threw? And the discussion was actually, oh, crap, someone blew their whistle before the ball was caught in the back of the end zone. So they go to New York. They look at it. And they determine that the touchdown stands. Here's the problem. In the NFL rulebook, and it's pretty clear, any inadvertent whistle, even if a play is going on, makes it a dead ball. It ends the play. There's no result to that play. You replay the down. There was clearly a whistle before that ball was caught. It's one thing to hear it, but if you go back and actually see it, The ball's still in the air when that whistle blows. It certainly looks like one of the Raiders' defensive backs pulls up at the last moment. I don't know if it would have made a difference on the play, and that's what the officials are banking on, but the NFL, I think, did their best to try and cover up a massive, I mean a huge mistake, a game-altering mistake from its officials. That was a touchdown play that should have been, by the rulebook, completely wiped out. That's true. It, it should have definitely by the rule back what been wiped out. What a huge mistake. He would have scored that touchdown had the whistle not been blown, at least in my opinion. Again, you said you looked at it. It's, it's hard to tell. That's what the officials were probably banking on. But beyond all of that, I've been in that spot as an official and blew my whistle inadvertently and had to stop plays. And you know, and, What and are you basketball. doing in that spot? Do you like b- ball Yo, up and go, ooh, my bad. 
your stomach completely drops because especially when it's a play where somebody scores uh-huh. and you and every you blow the whistle, everybody <laughs> looks at you and you're like, We gotta take the ball back out uh-huh. of bounds. Sorry. Like it is uh-huh. the worst feeling when you screw up, especially with something like that. So you're doing like youth league stuff? I was doing uh last year before I came here, I was doing high school basketball. Oh, high school and middle school basketball. What's the what's the most contentious thing, Scott, oh. between you and a coach or you and a parent? Man, when I was doing youth league, actually, before I started doing high school, I actually got into a cussing match with a coach um, at halftime as as she was walking off the floor. Yes, <laughs> this was a lady. I feel so. You know what? I don't feel so bad. You she got in. A, you got in a cussing, a swearing, <laughs> a verbal joust with a a a a women coach. Yes. <laughs> to this day, my oh, dad still teases me about it because my dad's like a big time <laughs> official in in Houston. Uh huh. He was over the youth officials for this league. So the lady, as she's walking out for halftime, I'm thinking, okay, I can take a seat. She's been killing me all game, yeah. just yelling at me, all of this stuff. I'm like 17, 18 at this point. This is like years ago. Yeah, you're like a high schooler. Yeah, so I'm like really pissed off. So she's yelling at me, yelling at me. And halftime hits, I'm like, okay, finally a break. I go to sit at the scorer's table. As she's exiting, she gets a few more takes off at me. And I just... You know how your mind just goes blank? Yeah. Everything. You're like seeing red. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot my dad was even in the building. I forgot she was a lady. <laughs> I said some things at her that I probably. Oh, this rules. Never, yeah. <laughs> Can you give me an abridged, an abridged uh, FCC um, uh, capable version of this? It was. It's hard to do that. It, I called her words that <laughs> that that I would be canceled probably. Wow. Only, this is beautiful. It was bad. Like I was saying. The guy, the referee that was with me was, like, very scared of what was going to happen. This woman wanted to fight me. It was like, it got really, really contentious. Oh, my God. Her, one of her children were on her team, because you know how Youth League works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now she's pissed because I'm also calling her these names in front of her child. Oh, man. It so was you, bad. Oh, my God. And she's calling me names back. We're, like, going at it. We're yelling. Fans can hear it. We still have a whole other half of basketball. To play. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Should, <laughs> so, you should have just thrown her out to avoid it. You know, I you should probably, have sent her to the locker room. I should have thrown her out. I was an inexperienced official at this point. And the worst part of all of it was, like, two minutes later, my dad comes walking up, and I'm like, oh, I I forgot about that part of this. You're here. I said, hey, okay, you. <laughs> I guess hey, I'm in you. trouble. You know what? I'll escort myself out of here. Oh, my God. So I did not finish refereeing that game. Wow. I got in some pretty good trouble with my pops. Oh, man. You, yeah. you besmirched the Dorsey name. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> I, I will, and I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this off and on during the course of the NFL season, but especially in the college basketball, because I see the abuse that some of these guys get. And now there's a lot of bad college basketball yeah. officials. There's a lot of bad referees. This weekend in the NFL was not good from an officiating standpoint. But you've got to uh, – let me – here. I All right, I have officiating questions. Let's take a break. We're like, because Friday Night Lights is going to throw something at me. But – I, I, I have so many questions about being an official, and I guess the biggest one is why. We'll discuss it. <laughs> 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. What was the biggest mistake from NFL wildcard weekend? And if you're an official at any level, a referee at any level, why? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, spilling his dark secrets on this Tuesday. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.